Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, hey, get me the hell out of here. It's me, Chiefy Two Shivers, on this special Halloween edition of Talking Joe. I'm joined by my buddy... Diagnostic to the hearty. <laughs> yeah, work, work required there. Well, it's like I'm not the... Impo- I've got no Halloween puns for either of any of my names. So, um, yeah, for, the, for all the listeners listening, um, send them in of your best... Christopher McLeod or Diagnostic 80 puns with Halloween influence because my god we just spent about 10 minutes trying to come up with one <laughs> and all I could come up with was Diagnostic to the hearty which yeah. is actually when I say it like that is actually quite funny yes, yes. <laughs> anyway how have you been sir oh, well other than just like you know really scared because it's the Halloween episode yes. um I I don't know really yeah everything's been cool we've we only spoke a few hours ago so it seems weird to be uh to be kind of saying, how are you? I'm still very busy. Uh, finished a ton of work recently, so that was nice. And again, what is even nicer as a freelancer is that that work keeps coming in, even after you've kind of got over the hump of a big load of work, for more Boom. of it to be filling, filling in. So that's happening as well. So yeah, very happy with that. I just had CoilCon uh, that just happened this weekend. Filmed a ton of panels from CoilCon. That was loads of fun. Got to sit, hang out with loads of friends again. It was it was it was a blast. Um, unfortunately, Kate couldn't couldn't come uh, because we had again we had a bit of an issue with Max in the morning. The morning of that we were going to be going, he kind of had a rough night and then a rough morning. So Kate wanted to stay with him, make sure he was okay. Lo and behold, he was fine. It was just you know you're just having a, a funny morning. And uh, Kate kind of regretted not coming, but we're going out to Assembly Required in a couple of weeks' time in Iowa, which is going to be an amazing show. I've been like sharing loads of the the, the Night Force posters that they've got coming up, uh, and that's kind of like Night Force. So that's also very Halloween esque for this Halloween theme episode. Uh, so check out the Full Force Facebook page to see those amazing posters that have been uh, going up over the last week. Yeah, defo, defo, do it. Yeah. How stuff. are you? How are you? I am feeling particularly spooky, and I've been doing some of this. I'm retro gaming. That's what I'm playing. So don't be shaming, because then you'll be failing. Nintendo Power, not in the shower. Sega for the ages. Ghouls and Ghost Rages. Atari Jaguar. How did it get that far? Sony PlayStations. Leave me sensations And now I have to go And do some retro gaming I said retro gaming And I'm out Retro you gaming Get your lug retro, holes around that Retro gaming, got it <laughs> Yeah, yeah Road Rash 2 I'm on now What do you think of that sound? So that's the soundtrack And I'm actually going to play I quite like this one I mean, select track I quite like the Alaska track soundtrack Here we go Banger yeah, boy. Gets the, the, ju- gets the juices is, flowing, doesn't it? The problem I got is, I'm, I traded my bike in. I did, uh, oh, Jesus, that guy was after me there. I um, <laughs> traded my bike in from the standard bike to the Panda 600 in the Superbike range. Classic. Now, you've got three options when you go to the bike shop. You can go to the Ultra Light, or you can go Superbike, or you can go uh, Nitro Bikes. I don't have enough. Uh, get out of the way! I don't have enough money for a... Uh, nitro bikes at the moment so i went for the panda 600 
it's no good. It's oh. moderately faster than your start bike, but it's really heavy. Yeah, so it's hard to kind of manoeuvre. Whoa, I'm in seventh place here, and Lawson, he's done me. Look, he's, he kicked me off, and now I'm riding down the road, and someone's just run me over. Bloody Lawson. Oh, my God. Right, I'm going to cue that rubbish. But what I'm finding is, uh, level one was okay. Did the five tracks, you have to come top three. And then going on to level two, that's where you have to upgrade your bike because your initial one's not fast enough. Now, two things to point out. My plug-and-play Sega Mega Drive arrived with the 40 games on. Road Rush 2 is one of the games. Brilliant. Plugged it into the TV downstairs. It runs really smoothly. However, something wasn't quite right, and I thought it's a little bit pixelated, especially with stuff in the on the horizon. And so then I've come up into the loft today, and I've plugged in my Road Rush 2 cartridge on my actual Mega Drive, and it looks markedly better on this than it does on the emulator. So yeah, yeah. some other games that I've had quickly fired up look fine and I think they'll be good. But for this particular game, because when you're if you're familiar with Road Rash, it's kind of blind corners and blind hills, so you never know what cars are going to be coming towards you on the same side of the road as you. Like, ah, oh, jeepers, there's one there. Like a box of chocolates. Yeah, and on when, it, when you can't get a real good view of it, then it's almost impossible. So I'm going to revert to playing that up here. But um, really, really enjoying it so far. I'm much more of an arcade racer than I am a simulation style. I don't like really Gran Turismo or Forza, anything like that. So I'm much more of an arcade boy. Yeah. And I have been taken away from the retro gaming a little bit because I... on ah, I'm going to turn it off before I get too much distracted. Um, <laughs> before... I said I turned it off, and then as I was speaking to you, I turned it back on. Now I'm actually turning it off. Um, I purchased on PlayStation Plus the Last of Us Remastered Edition. Now I had the Last of Us on PlayStation 3. This is kind of a set in the future it's not really post-apocalyptic it's kind of a a plague slash zombies are running around and then after the intro it cuts to like 30 years later and the main character is tasked with taking this girl who might be a plague cure in her have a plague cure in her blood across the country and it's it was so good then they released it on ps4 a long you know a couple of years ago as a remastered and i've only now just picked it up on the ps4 as a remastered and it's it could be in the top five games of all time for me. Yeah, a lot so of people good. go on about that, don't they? It's, a, it's, a, it's so a good. And obviously, number two is coming up soon, I think, in the next couple of months. So I'm playing this, and this is take, actually taken away from my retro gaming. But that's fine, because I'm still getting the retro in, and this is such a good game anyway. Um, what about you? Have you uh, done any retro gaming this week? Do you know what? I was going to get straight back into Contra and complete that first level, and I just haven't had the time. <laughs> I haven't had the time since we last spoke. It was the last time I played the game. And I was like, right, I'm going to jump on, get that f- first level completed, and then never, never play that game ever. Not even play the second level, just turn it off. <laughs> Chuck <laughs> and, it out the window. Yeah, yeah, just burn it. But I haven't had a chance to play it. Obviously, went over the weekend, went to CoilCon, and it's just been, f- you know, that, that just literally piled up the work I needed to finish. Then when I got on, on Sunday night, I got home at about 10, 30-ish, 10 o'clock, got wow. in, kind of, uh, you know, unwound a little bit, but then had to get straight on to work because I had something that needed to be done that evening. So I was up till about one doing uh, video stuff. And yeah, so it's been, yeah, so no, basically. The short answer to that is no. That's right. All right, we'll try and rectify that next week. We do need to, before we do anything, anything further, is see if either of us have got any beverages. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Now I am gonna go do, do, and drink my beverage for the show. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I do. <laughs> do you? 
I do. Thankfully, my wife has come through twice now. I mean, we recorded yesterday uh, an interview with Andrew Wildman, which will be out some at some point in the next 700 years, based on all yeah, the work I'm going to do. So I had to have a, a drink for that. Kate, thankfully, she she bought me something on Sunday, which was really nice. It turned out to be really nice. And I won't say what it is, because I, I want to keep that quiet, because it's quite funny as well. But we'll keep that quiet until when that episode comes out. But today, okay, she also... Yep. I, I messaged her and said, like, oh, I don't have a drink and he's got he wants to record early so it means that i'm not going to be able to get a drink in time uh, and uh, <laughs> and she said one don't call me a and two i've got i've got another drink for you in the fridge if you have a look it's uh, and i'll read it out here it's a caffeine caffeine free caffeine it's a caffeine caffeine sounds like a, a, a planet in star wars doesn't it yeah uh yeah he's he's in the caffeine cluster but anyway, caffeine-free Zevia organic tea, sweetened hibiscus tea, passion fruit naturally flavoured, no sugar, zero calories. It's funny, when you read this stuff out on a, on a drink, it doesn't make grammatical sense, does it? Or it doesn't no. make... Like, they always try and make it so that it's like, this word's really big, so you see it's tea, and this is the flavour, but then we'll put underneath the what it what that means and it doesn't make any sense but anyway let's try this uh, non-gmo project verified usda organic fair trade certified 12 fluid ounces 355 milliliters here we go mm. it's in a metal thin can one of my favorite the tall thin can jobs yeah, yeah yeah i know you're a big fan of them i'm not a big fan of them okay i am here we go oh slippage Oh, that's not bad. That's interesting. Mm. Oh, actually, yeah, that's... I, th- I figured it was going to have a horrible aftertaste, but the aftertaste is even more sweet passion fruit. Believe wow. that, if you can believe it. Do believe it. Oh, that's nice. It's like it wants to be one thing and then changes its mind halfway through. It's weird and beautiful. I love it. Good. Next. We've had a, we've had a good strike right here. Um, what's, what's your, uh, what are you giving it? A rating? I, I think we said last week we we're going to start rating them out yeah, of 10. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give this... I didn't rate yesterday's, but I'm going to rate this one at a low 8. A low 8. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, really we we nice. don't know if that's good because there's no benchmark yet. That's the bench... You set the benchmark, man. Well done. Um, I have got... Who's Benchmark? Was he... Was that Ben that used to be on the show? <laughs> no. Why? Where's that come from? Benchmark. Oh, benchmark. There you I go. I see what you've done. I see what you've done. Yeah. Who's yeah, Ben Schwarmer? Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boss Black. This is a, a seriously silky stout. It's a bottle <laughs> of stout made of silk uh, beer. Yeah. So I joined uh, Beer Fifty Two Club, which is as I mentioned on the Wildman interview, but this will probably see the light Comics. of day before it's that. D- yeah. It's a DC Comics event, isn't it? It, was a, it only lasted one issue. Um, yeah, no, basically it's a beer club. You send off uh, money, you get 24 quid a month, you get eight beers back, and they're all different, all like craft IPAs and stuff like that. But I only did it once to get the free trial box, paid £4.95 shipping, and then I cancelled the order. One of them cheap Absolute cheapskates. scumbag. Anyway, Absolute so I've got eight scumbag. ones. So here I've got, uh, and it's actually Halloween themed, because on the front it's got a picture of a dog who looks a bit like a werewolf. Ah. He's in black. It's all a purple background. There's some bats flying around in the background. Boss Black, and this is aroma, roasted coffee, warmed dark chocolate, flavour, black treacle, nuts toasted on the fire, toffee, dark chocolate, ganache. Boy, perfect, oy, 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 oy. With, perfect with dark chocolate, strong Stilton or roast beef. A rich, complex... Stout. Or all of those at the same yep. time. 
binds together a velvety, silky mouthfeel, mm. smoky, enticing roasted coffee and vanilla aromas, seductive dark chocolate ganache, toasted nuts and black treacle flavours. Let's stop babbling on and let's go for Get it. those toasted nuts in your mouth. Smells, smells quite stouty. I'm not a massive beer drinker, but I'll do anything that's cheap or free, so... <laughs> That is um Yeah, I don't I don't know what to expect there. Five percent is um let's have another go. I thought you were giving it a percentage, like it was like computer and video games or something. Five percent volume alcohol, it's um I'm probably not gonna buy it again. Can we talk about computer and video games for a second, by the way? The the yeah, magazine. Oh my C M V G. Yeah, Amazing. did you did you used to get that? I used to get it and then I got the spin off Mean Machines. Oh Mean Machines was so good. I've I got actually, I've actually got the full twenty four uh issues downstairs. I wanted to start my own computer uh computer game magazine and I copied the Mean Machine layout and had funnily enough, Contra was the front cover. So I I drew Wicked. it like with a pencil and it was probably awful. I haven't seen it for like 20 odd years now or longer than that but yeah okay. how good were those magazines man like i would i would pour over them for yeah for me days. machines was I, I ben used to get them as well and his brother gav and um we we chat about it quite regularly mm. in that all the magazines at the time especially like the atari st and the amiga and the the commodore magazines and spectrum all that's kind of stuff they were very text heavy kind of text heavy kind of stiff yeah kind of you know like boring uh, people in suits and ties had done them and they were very formulaic yeah yeah it was all like it was was literally like coding you were looking at me machines came along holy ball sacks no one knew what the hell was going on these articles were just all over all over the shop you know one review to another would just have a different format it was just crazy you know screenshot-tastic as well oh amazing amazing yeah i'm giving this i'm giving this boss black five out of ten Oh, okay. Mid-range. Mid-range, mid-range. So, off the back of a mid-range beer, we can only do one thing, and that's go... Inside the spooky mind of Chief! Inside Chief's spooky mind would have made more sense, though, wouldn't it? I'll tell you what... (laughs) No, it's funnier. It's funnier that that happened. It's funnier that I did a (laughs) version of what I should have done. (laughs) Yes, I agree. So, I'll tell you what annoys me. It's people... People. That's it. Who are undead. People. Undead this, people. There was, there was a spate of this last year in the UK. People dressing up as clowns oh, on Halloween God, and going an, around scaring people. That was annoying, wasn't it? Like, proper dressed up as scary clowns and literally frightening pensioners and little kids and just causing menace, going into shops and not necessarily harassing people. Well, effectively, kind of illegally harassing people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of standing in the middle of the shop, just looking menacing. Although, having said that, and some of them were carrying weapons as well. Yeah. I don't know, I can't remember if some of them did perpetrate crimes. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Scumbags. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's, I, I haven't heard too many accounts of that happening this year. I don't know if there's a police crackdown. There's, maybe there's a special police squad, the anti-clown squad. <laughs> Batman. Uh, I'm not sh- Batman's I'm not sh- out yeah, there now. I, I love Batman 66. But anyway... Uh, yeah, that's what is annoying me. People dressing up as clowns, scaring innocent folk. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Good, that's, good work. That's all I got. Good work. Uh, I want to talk about GI Joe comics. Comic talk, oh comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa, comic talk, oh comic talk. 
Larry Hama writes them cheap and criticals them. Whoa. Oh, I tell you what, there's a goddamn clown in G.I. Joe comics. Fortunately, not the ones we're reading this week, but in the past, oh. that guy's annoying. Oh, he is annoying. Get the anti-clown police on that guy. What a joker he is, eh? <laughs> yeah. Joker. Yeah, Get it? One. Anyway, <laughs> it's time to talk comics. This week, we will be discussing issues 139 through 142 of G.I. Joe starring Snake Eyes and Transformers Generation 2. Transformers Generation 2, coming soon from Marvel Comics. I know they've really gone all out with the title now, haven't they? Yeah. 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 Let us first look at the covers. I love that first one. 139 Megatron close up in his new guise, hand outstretched, Cobra Commander perched on his hand. I think this is Chris Batista on cover, who is also doing the interiors. Oh god, the interiors are beautiful as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good cover. I like that a lot. Well, the only thing I will say, and this might be one of those things where when you see it you can't unsee it, but Megatron's head, his face, doesn't look centered in his head. Does that make sense to you? Face doesn't look centered. You think it's to the left? Yeah, it looks like his face is too far to the left, and his head is too far to like the top right part of his head goes too far out. Because I think it's mainly because the left hand side you can't see, or it's that line down the front of his head above his nose is not in line with his nose. It's to the right a little bit, possibly. I don't know. know. It just doesn't. If to me, like something is happening in my head that doesn't quite compute. And, um, yeah, but again, it, the, you know, taking it for what it is, it looks beautiful, and Cobra Commander looks fantastic in that shot. And that hand, uh, Megatron's hand, is really well done, like beautiful detail, it looks really cool. So, yeah, I'm down yeah, for it. Good I'm, it's, it's, it's amazing. And then 140, this is, again, Megatron and Cobra Commander, uh, a bit more dynamic pose, Megatron in the background flying in his robot mode. I like this, uh, too. I like this, Cobra too. Cobra Commander pointing. Another good cover. Yeah, big Another time. great cover. That's Chris Batista again. One for one. Things take a little bit of a downturn here. Yeah, this is this is a bit poor, in my opinion. This is Will Rosado and Chip Wallace on the cover here, and Will Rosado does interiors along with Steve Lieber. And when when we talk about the issues, I mean these two guys. If you see some of their later stuff, Steve Lieber's killing it right now, anyway, on on regular stuff. And Will Rosado, who didn't do too much i think he did some green lantern when uh, not green lantern green arrow when it was uh oliver queen's son connor hawk as the green arrow when ollie was presumed dead and then he did some batman stuff and some i think he did some he actually did some gi joe stuff i think will rosado on some yeah. idw yeah and he it, did. That, that stuff is that stuff is amazing and when you see the interiors here you're like that cannot be the same people but maybe they were just youngsters starting their career. I mean, we will get to it, but I, if, to me, it just fe- feels rushed, and it feels like they got whoever could do the job to rush it themselves as well. Yeah. But we'll get to that yeah. in a second, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so just for people who don't have it to hand in front of them, Snake Eyes in the front doing the Russia Car Game mindset thing with his hands. You can see one There's of his eyes gu- as well. There's a guy behind him who, at the time, I didn't know who that was. Uh, you find out it's a Night Creeper leader. Mm-hmm. But um, there's no indication of who he was prior to that cover. And then in the background, you've got Dr. Bigglesworth, or Dr. Bigglesjones, as she's called in this comic. Uh, mm. And it looks like Megatron's attacking her. But yeah, not, not over fast with that cover. And then the last one is one for two. two. And this is almost good. And then you look at the details of the human characters, and it kind of really takes it away. Because Megatron is actually quite a fun cover with his, you know, his foot stick, you know, up about to crush Scarlet. Look how bad Scarlet's drawn. It's, yeah, it's good perspective. But then you look at the human characters. You look at Scarlet. Cobra Commander looks like he's having a. 
off yeah, panel. Serrano looks. I don't know what's going on there, but that's Will Rosado again. But this time, I think it is Tim Tooley is, is inking him possibly. But and look at you. Look at your man. Who's that uh, Autobot peeking around the corner? Ooh, what do I see? Is it Chase? No, it's not Chase. Is it? No, it's um, some sort of aerial bot. One of the aerial bots, but I can't think who. Tell us in the comments. Well, I mean, we know you will. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and so on interiors here we have got for 139 and 140 obviously we've got Larry Harmer scripting we've got Chris Batista's doing 139 and 40 for pencils a host of inkers here Steve Baskerville uh, Williams Hudson and Wallace four inkers uh, Rick Parker's on letters and Bob Shireen and Witter Statter are on colours and then when we move to issue 140 we have oh yes say uh same crew for 140 i think and then 141 this is where we get the different pencils we get steve lieber and will rosado on pencils bob sheen on colors scott malter chip wallace on inks and then another different crew on 142 this is jesse orozco and william rosado on pencils chip wallace and tim tooley on inks and then a host of different letters and colours so it's a real lots mixed bag and here. lots of people thrown in at the mix uh, as well at the end yeah. which is really weird like I, when I was, lo- I was looking at that thinking how is Chief going to like organise this because and I can see what you've done you've just gone and a whole host of other t- yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's like it's just like a mess of names and then a nondescript designation to the right hand side that you can't really tell who's doing what yeah and we'd had kind of 10 issues of Andy Wildman or Andrew Wildman doing good work and there was no real lead in to say we're going to have a new artist next month and if you listen to the interview we do with Andrew we'll actually find out why he was no longer the artist on the book and it was actually his choice to come off as the artist and Mm. he kind of explains a little bit in detail why that was and so that bodes to your point of they were in a bit of a pickle maybe and they were like right we got this four issue arc we don't have that much lead time, maybe, so they've got a whole host of guys on to, to do it. And I am, I'll tell you now, I actually really like this four issue arc, even in spite of the potentially not great art towards the end of it. Mm. I actually really liked it. Yeah, same. Uh, more you know, more I, so than the last the last few arcs, I think. So did you did you ever read or did you and Ben cover the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover that Marvel did early on? We did not. So potent, that's a potential when we come to the end of this run. I think we'll have covered the yearbooks, the Real American Hero, the special missions, but there might be a bit of leeway for us to cover the G.I. Joe Transformers crossover, maybe even the one, four issue I mean, it'll be Order a one, of Battle. Yeah, it'd be like a one episode job, I think, to do yeah, that. But I think I think there's enough, uh, all the outstanding Marvel comics we didn't cover. Yeah, so I wasn't aware, I thought that was out of continuity originally. I thought that was the original plan to have Transformers and G.I. Joe not necessarily within continuity, the first arc. Yeah. But that... Oh, th- oh, oh, I'm interrupting you. I'm interrupting you. I forgot, down by my feet, I had a drink because it's Halloween. I bought some uh, Halloween snacks as well. I've got, uh, and I'm just going to go in with them now. I've got a box of Mr. Kipling, six terrifying toffee whirls. These are light shortcake swirl filled with toffee flavour, buttercream and toffee sauce. Sounds yummy. Very, very, <laughs> very crumbly. Very crumbly pastry. Um, I'm not getting much toffee-ness. And it's not that terrifying. Um, also, <laughs> also, I've got a um, Cadbury's. It's not a Cadbury's cream egg. It's a Cadbury's goo egg. Oh, 
Gross. So, do you, do you get Cadbury's cream eggs in the States? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's crack this open. And if you in one of them, then you get a goo egg. Oh, right. Yeah, wicked. And a prize or not? <laughs> well, there wouldn't be no prize. That's a terrible no. prize. Very weighty, a Cadbury's cream egg. It's got a lot of weight to it. Yeah. I reckon that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. 40, 40 grams. About what I, about what I suspected. <laughs> uh, let's have a go. As you, I'll take a pic. I'll tell you what I'll do. Where's my phone? I'll take a picture of it of it half unwrapped along with my, my boss black thing. Right, okay. Let's give a go. Let's take a bite. Yeah, it's just white inside. Ooh. It's just white inside and it's horrifically sweet. I'd have done it green, personally. Yeah, me too. You missed yeah. a trick there, Cadbury's, you chumps. Wow. Right, as you were saying, I don't even remember what you were saying. I was saying that with oh, the Transformers Joe yeah. issues, the one to four of the crossover, I wasn't. I, I thought that the initial thing was to have it like almost like a separate continuity, and then what they did later on with this issue, with this kind of part with the crossover, the Transformers, is they almost they allude to it and they, um, you know, kind of hark back to it, so that the the reason why Cobra Commander isn't surprised is because he's seen it before. Uh, same with the G.I. Joe guys that at one point you're even said in the Transformers crossover issue. So yes, so I picked up on that is exactly. So I hadn't I haven't read that crossover. I want to say that and it's been retconned one, as in like, you know, it's been kind of retconned into continuity, basically. Right. I, I, could, be, the, I could be wrong, the, but the, I was under the impression that it wasn't in continuity when right. it first came out. Right. Well, one of the notes I've written here before I got to the bit where they reference that miniseries which i think was probably in the third or fourth part of this arc yeah after reading the first two issues i've written are the transformers a known entity to cobra and gi joe because there had been no reference to them throughout the whole of real american hero yeah and like you i was like why is the cobra come on not himself or why is no one surprised why are the joes not surprised how do the joes know who these transformers are what you know why is no one losing their over all this yeah and then obviously like you mentioned it references that miniseries from the 80, 1984 or 85 whenever it was so that that kind of suggested it was in continuity but maybe it wasn't originally and just to to break it down a little bit what's happening across this arc we saw at the end of the last issue megatron had thought that the silent castle was a transforming transformer was a transformer and he had come and confronted cobra commander now throughout the course of this arc they kind of struck a deal Dr. Bigglesworth Jones has got this rail gun and they're willing to trade it for all the secrets of the Ark, you know, the, the Cybertronian spaceship that the Autobots came to Earth in all those millions of years ago. And there's that power struggle between Cobra Commander and Megatron about all that. Meanwhile, Scarlet is still on the scene. She's been stabbed by Snake Eyes previously. Is she a, a turncoat double agent or not? The, the involvement in the Joes is they're going into Millville, which we haven't seen for a long time, and then the Ninja Force are kind of going in to extract Scarlet, and that's there's lots of stuff going on around. Oh, Mindbender shows up as well, but we'll talk about that as we discuss it. But that's the kind of main summary of what's happening across these issues. Uh, going back to what we were talking about with the Jojo Transformers crossover originally, just to give you some idea of what I was getting at, basically um, it says that it was entirely ignored in the pages of the G.I. Joe comic at the time, such that it was not even mentioned in either the Yearbook 3, which covered the events of the 1986 series, or Yearbook 4, which recounted the issues from 87. A couple of months after the limited series concluded, G.I. Joe Special Missions 5 by regular series author Larry Hammer established the Transformers as a toy line within the G.I. Joe universe when one of the guys, I think, gives one of the Joes, or I think one of the pilots, a Megatron toy. 
Um, even though it, he doesn't call it Megatron, oh, yeah, he calls Jetfire. it something else. Yeah, it's Megatron visually, and he's, he gives, he calls it Jetfire. So Transformers as a toy line is in the GI Joe universe. So that having said that, it would it would scream to me that the transform original Transformers GI Joe crossover was definitely not part of the continuity for gi joe it was however part of the transformers continuity g1 continuity at the time but for us uh larry's basically retconned it back in if that makes sense so very convoluted very confusing but that is why you've got these guys completely knowing who these things are you know yep in fact Um, one thing that pops up is when mine oh spoiler alert Further down the line in this story, Mindbender comes back to life, right? Because of, yeah. for obvious reasons, and you can go through the overview in a second of how he comes back. But he comes back, and the moment he looks up and sees Megatron, he refers to him as, what's this Decepticon doing here? Because I've obviously yeah. seen the Decepticon badge. So at that moment, you're like, oh, so there's, there's definitely previous knowledge, or that is just a complete error in judgment. Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind any of that. I don't mind it being part of continuity i don't i'm happy for them to be you know in the same universe yeah i've written down a few likes from this arc uh, the first one i've got down is chris batista plus splash pages so like we said you know this is really nice art and that first splash page in issue 139 cobra commander zorana and oh, beautiful. Worth beautiful running from an explosion is quality zorana's next- pose i love zorana's pose in that with a hand kind of out and yeah yeah really, yeah, really fantastic cool. The next double-page spread of, of Megatron attacking so the castle detailed. and being attacked back is great. And then even the next page where... The Mediviper looks great. The Mediviper's yeah. quality and Slice looks good. Scarlet with the blood underneath. Like I like how they've used black on her, bo- like black for the blood on her costume. And then it's kind of yeah. like a reflective, almost like a mirror-like effect on the floor of the blood rather than it just being red everywhere. I think that's yeah. quite effective. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the, the art here is is, is top-notch. It's gorgeous. I'm trying to think what else Chris Batista did. I think he did some Spider-Man 99, 2099, but I'm not sure what else. But I'm going to... It's coloured really well as well, I think. some it, Legion for DC. But yeah, it's coloured really well. Yeah, it's great. Where you... Because, like, you know you've got Cobra Commander in his dark uniform. I love how he's used the blue uh, to kind of really accentuate the lines on that as well. It's really beautiful. And then we also get... Uh, as well as a first appearance, I think. Is that a first appearance of a Medi Viper? Yes, yep. So, first appearance of a Medi Viper, which didn't actually come out in toy form until the 2000s, like 2003 or 2005 or something like that. All right, so let's just recap then. This is August through October, 19, or August through November 1993. Yeah, so obviously no no toy for the Medi Viper, but still, I think you would want one at the time. I mean, it's a cool design, very, very cool. Yep. Uh, and we also get a character called Scalpel from the Medi Viper crew, who's like the like he's like the head of the Cobra medical team kind of thing, and and he's really right. cool too. Anyway, that's just a Medi Viper. And as we as we scroll through the the story, as Megatron is attacking the castle, Biggles Jones jumps in a his tank and tries to use a railgun on him. He identifies, oh, this is cool technology, and he wants it. So he decides. He, at one point, he says, "This is alien technology." Does he? Well, only because it, it doesn't. This is the first time it's been developed on Earth, so it's like, you know, it's it's new, I suppose. 
so therefore right. it can't be from this earth so therefore he probably thinks it's an a- it's alien technology okay all right um the other thing is obviously as as we as we go through the pages and cobra commander is like talking to megatron he's backed up by the new versions and therefore we need a fashion jingle in here don't we we do it's gi joe fashion armani prada versace too joe's changed their outfits from black to blue duke and hawk look but don't gawk changing their kit whoa was that legit swapping camo jackets headgear and boots it's now neon colors and funky space suits sci-fi Stalker and even Roblox while Bill Flint and Muck gave me a shot. So go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion because it's comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion. The Alley Viper version 2, which looks amazing in black and yellow. I think it looks so awesome. I wasn't sure because, again, I'm, I am i don't know much about the toys. I wasn't sure if this was just a colouring mistake and he coloured them yellow instead of orange or no, whether man. this was an actual upgrade. Upgrade, completely new design. The helmets have got this, like fang kind of thing on them so they kind of they fold up so you can reveal the yellow face mask and then you can drop it down and have the and have the kind of protective face covering in black they've got the incredible new cobra logo shields as well so they've gone away from yeah from that previous one that the uh, the original rally vibe had which was really dope as well uh, to having this really just a massive cobra logo i mean they're all about branding cobra guys we're under attack by who i don't know Oh, it's Cobra. Oh, of course. Look, they have the pictures of the snakes on their planes. Duke, what have I been saying for years? What makes a good terrorist organization? Brand recognition. Brand recognition. I mean, we've also got, talking about fashion, we've also got a couple of other changes. I mentioned the Night Creeper leader. Yeah. Who has got a completely new redone outfit. Thoughts on that? So Night Creeper leader, I love it as a figure. I think it's a really cool idea. And also, I think it's a really cool design because obviously he's blindfolded, so he's like constantly fighting blind, which I think is just that classic GI Joe. You know, they're, they're, go- they're going for the ninja tropes in every possible way they can, and with this guy, it's like blindfolded, but he's still like this ninja master that doesn't need to see anything to be able to be like really, really good. But I think in this particular issue, he is so he's defeated, so he's like in and out of it like like that, and it's yeah. such a. A wasted spot. Just looks stupid to me. He's got a couple of braces for no reason that he doesn't wear on his shoulders. He's got some sort of weird harness top thing on. Just, I'm just not a fan of that design, to be honest. Some sort of Tiger Force pants. Fair enough, but he I, I think it's amazing. Whooped. I think he's but um, amazing. yes, the the bigger one, I guess, the biggest one is Zartan. Now this is dope. This is so so amazing. Like I love it. Mohawk, friggin. It's just awesome, and I'm not going to talk too much about it because okay, we, we might be talking about it later. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I I was on the fence originally, and I think I do like it. He's I think perfect I do like it. for Halloween. Look at him. Yeah, he is. He's very Halloween. There's a bit here I've written down of dislike. I've only got a couple of dislikes on my bit of paper. One of them is the art on issue 141, and the other one is Destro being dumb. Yeah, yeah. And this is Destro and Baroness, where... The guy gets off the plane at Cobra Island. Destro and Baroness are at Cobra Island. Uh, they get off the plane and they're greeted by Cobra Commander, who then does a transformation into the new look Zartan with all his bells and whistles of all his holographic and light show. 
and they say, I still don't recognise this lout. Why is he acting as if we know him? Don't look yeah. at me, Destro. I've never seen him before. It's obviously Zartan, you numbskulls. Yeah, that's really stupid, yeah. Destro being dumb is not on my on my top list. So, But anyway. also, like, you know, he's still got the eye makeup, and it's a different colour, but, like, he would yeah. look the same. Like, his face is yeah. the same. So I don't, yeah, it, it seems weird, that, but yeah. Other things I like going on here, we get a lot of old Joe action. Yes! So we get Airtight, Tunnel Rat. Mainframe, Tunnel Rat, Dial Tone. Yeah. Yes, big yeah. time. Rock and roll. So, but, Chuckles pops up in one panel. Mother Chuckles, dropping the uh, Night Force off, yeah. Yeah, we get old school Road Pig, which I prefer to the new Road Pig. All right, chill out. Uh, okay, <laughs> just saying. Eels version um, two, Eels up inside you, finding an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Bore it through your mind, through your tummy, through your anus. Roblox in his new garb as well. I mentioned that in the last uh, episode we did, where he's kind of rocking his Battlecore togs. Yes. But then when we when we scoot through, we see him again, and he's being coloured in the. I mean, isn't that the really art? <laughs> uh, where they're being attacked by bats in the sewer, and it's the Terminator bats, which again look really rubbish yeah. this way. And there's one panel of Roblox who just looks... He looks like he's been... Oh, hang on, sorry. Alexa just jumped in. What? I didn't say your name. But then, like, it looks like he's someone sat on him again and squidged him, like he's made of plasticine or something. It just and the, and he's coloured in his like old school colours with like the the you know the green and the red on the shoulder and all that stuff. We also mentioned that uh, Mindbender's back on the scene. As it turns out, he was last seen buried alive in the tanker I like on his Cobra new Island. And, yeah, his personality and basically his being had been encoded onto a disc which Cobra Commander had and he's now cloned him a new body and he's accidentally been spilled out from from the <laughs> tank he was in. So they drop him, he smashes onto the ground. This is in between, like, I think where the Autobots are kind of, like, turning up and all is <laughs> kicking off. And he's kind of on the floor, like, spilled water all over the place one of the residents is the reason this happened is because one of the residents starts coming to and starts kicking off and saying i don't want to be brainwashed and they try and put a quick try and get the mobile scanner on his head to sort him out but he fights them off and the the confusion like knocks mindbender and smashes him all over the floor and then someone forget what happens but something drops that's like electrified on the floor and revives mindbender in the yeah. kind of confusion. So I did find that a little bit silly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's, a, there's a cool line here when they're talking about Mindman and uh, Zartan, Destro and Baroness. And um, Zartan says, you know, they've got Mindbender in a tank or whatever. And Destro says, Dr. Mindbender was a warp genius. He could have used his cloning process to bring Newton, Da Vinci or Einstein back to life. And Baroness says, not to mention Elvis. <laughs> Brilliant. There's, I, I find that Cobra Commander like cranks it up to a thousand on the dialogue box. Oh, mate, I've written down some stuff here. He says something about Stretto. Oh, I can't even read my writing. Well, I can't, I can't read. Page now. I can't read some of the words that are on there. I'm kind of like that isn't a word. Larry's made that up, uh, or he's just too too intelligent for my liking. Yeah, some of the some of the things he calls Zorana during the fight with Scarlet at the end as well. I was kind of like, "Jeez, man!" He says, "Shoot her, you oligophrenic megapod!" Incredible. Incredible. Does that mean anything? I don't know. The only time I've seen that written anywhere was in the Natural History Museum, <laughs> and yeah. next to one of the dinosaur exhibits. Something that did bug me 
going from issue 140 to 141, yep. it ends with, well, it sort of ends with uh, Cobra and, and Megatron having this tete-a-tete where he's saying, you really need to kind of transform into your tank mode because you, you're kind of going to give away the fact that you're a giant robot in the middle of this town. Oh, that's actually another fashion change, isn't it, Megatron? Megatron, yeah, 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 totally. Megatron, that is, a, that is a very good point in his G2 garb, which I really like, by the way. I love that colour scheme. I think it's mental. You'll probably find that I do like a lot of the neon stuff. And then going into issue 141, he's like you can see him wobbling, so it's almost like he's transformed back. But the the conversation has changed, and he's like, I don't care, I'm not changing for you, or whatever. So it kind of like, um, it just seems like really unnecessary that has to happen. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. why does that have to happen? Like, if yeah. it doesn't matter that in the story that Megatron's going to give away their position because the Autobots turn up anyway. Like it doesn't yeah, doesn't true. need to be said. It's such a a pointless thing. So I think, like, why would they even do that from issue, from the end of issue that forty to forty going into forty one? Why would it even exist? I just it seemed weird yeah. and unnecessary. The thing that um, sparks Mindbender back into life is one of the Millville residents who has brainwashing has uh, lapsed and come undone, and he takes this. Uh, portable brainwave scanner helmet and smashes it into the ground which sparks the, that um, was it yeah that was it that was juices. it correct my favorite line of dialogue here i think is they're in millville and actually i'll, I'll come on to that millville discussion doi, 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 after this he says they're talking about the the population and cobra commander says spare me the cacophonisms yeah, yeah that's, Dr. A, Biggles that, Jones. That's, that's a good one they have been liberated from their irrational animal behavior patterns there is no crime here no stress no rap music. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Eliminate that rap music, goddammit. Yeah, get that crap diagnostic 80 rap music out of the way. That's it. But um, Millville, so just explain this to me, because Millville, he took over that town around uh, issue 100, and Spirit and Mutt, when we see them, they're still in Millville. Are they still doing recon? Because... They knew it was a Cobra takeover. They're all town. doing They're all doing. Why re- has G.I. Joe they're all doing not... Re- they're 40 all d- <laughs> issues not coming and storm the town they're doing it on purpose they're they're waiting to, they're waiting for cobra to make a move he even says it in that in that panel he says that it, it was you know it paid off doing this long right. stakeout effectively this this kind of this bit here a lot of it gave me a little bit of vibe of the war in benzene where you've got the recon patrol, the strike force, all yeah. these little pockets of teams going around. And it's, it's kind of a similar vibe here. You've got another recon team and then the ninja force covertly going in. It just had a good kind of, just reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, but, totally, um, yeah. It's non-stop. I love this bit of Mindbender in the bath. Uh, <laughs> this is another cracking bit of dialogue. He's in, a, he's in a bath. Might as well catch up on what has transpired in the world while I've been dead. Quite an inconvenience, this having to pack myself in ice until my metabolism stabilises. He turns on the TV. What? A Democrat in the White House. <laughs> Cheers got cancelled. And what happened to Michael Jackson's face? The world is more unhinged than ever. Oh, the things he doesn't know yet. But Amazing. um yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And we also get we get night creepers turn up again. That's all that's always nice and they look cool. Which we did mention when we talked about the Night Creeper leader, but I, I I love that design. And also we get that Rhino, which is now, you know, that's what they're calling it now, the the Rhino G P V or A P V, which is like that little Jeep. That, um, they okay. t- that they turn up in. There's also there's a, there's an image at one point uh, way back uh, earlier in the in the in the issues where Bo- Doctor Bigglesworth Jones, as you like to call her, uh, Sydney Bigglesworth Mc. But anyway, basically she is talking to a bunch. I think Techno Vipers, and they're on a vehicle. And the vehicle I was looking at it, I'm kind of thinking, what on earth is that? 
and I had a quick search because I couldn't quite work out what it was. Because at first I looked at it and thought, is that Roller? Are they sitting on Roller? And he's like kind of hiding, like, you know, okay. pretending to be, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's a detonator, right. I think. It's the only one I could uh, really pin on it is a Cobra detonator. And, you know, with obviously a modified weapon on it, which is her railgun. Um, and then obviously we do see detonators later on in the issues. So I was kind yep. of like, okay, it must be a detonator then. But again, if anyone knows what that particular vehicle is, that, sh- you know, where big it's again it's i think I'll, I'll say the issue as well so you know but it's issue 139 and she's basically talking to two techno vipers who are in this weird vehicle and uh she's basically talking about the, the railgun so yeah explain this bit to me just after the, the page after the joes are fighting the eels and those terminator bats in the sewer yeah there's a panel looking from the window in and it's bigglesworth talking to scarlet and she says, and oh, that's the whole yeah. truth. And Scarlet says, incredible. Then you're really dot dot. And Megatron snatches her. What's the big reveal there? It must be, it must continue because into she, Transformers. She ends up, yeah, she ends up going off with Megatron into space at the end of this. And then there's, like we mentioned previously, there's that 12 issue Transformers Generation 2 arc or story, which Simon Furman wrote. I wonder, and I've got that, but I haven't read it in ages. Does she appear in that? And is it revealed what secret she told Scarlet, do you think? It was just interesting that it, there was clearly Harmer, or in conjunction with Simon Furman, had clearly planted that seed of something. But anyway, there's a funny bit here where Snake Eyes is fighting the Night Creeper leader, and he takes all his weapons off. He goes into the mindset, and um, your man says... Uh, no, is this submission? Is this acceptance or defeat? No, it's a secret form. A form so arcane and shrouded in mystery that most practitioners regard it as a rumour. A uh, chimera. <laughs> Could it be this silent ninja is privy to the secret of the Arashikage mindset? Or is this a bluff? And you can see sweat pouring out of his underneath his bandana. And then as it turns out, it was just like a, a, a simple trap. And the Night Creeper leader, as you mentioned, goes down fairly easily. I'm just reading on about her, and I can't see anything just... Unless she was talking unless she was talking about the fact that she, uh, to Scarlet, that she put the virus in the... Because um, she puts a virus in Megatron's, in the railgun, uh, so that yeah. um, Megatron will, you know, get screwed up or whatever. But he notice he knows that it that it happens at the end of the issue. He basically Biggles Jones. This is the kind of this is the kind of culmination of what happens in the firefight and the battle. She realizes or she sees one of the Autobots, a you know a basically a robot being really brave, sacrificing his life for the cause. So she says, well, you know, I can be brave too. So I'm gonna you know basically just give myself up to Megatron, and and kill this fight before it even happens and they fly away and so on and so forth yeah so they're all like it basically that kills everything that ends everything and yeah uh, and everyone you know it's the classic you know one panel and done kind of scenario everyone's looking in the distance kind of like oh that was easy uh poor sydney biggles jones or whatever and as they're flying away megatron does stay does say to her i did know that you put a virus in the rail gun and i already did well he doesn't say it to her she's unconscious at the time but He's kind of he's kind of thinking to himself. Oh, this is really you know I, I'm I'm going to keep her. I'm not going to I'm not going to cut her open and just take her brain. I'm going to keep her and, and use her for my own nefarious purposes because she's obviously a genius. Yada yada yada. And um and so maybe that's what she was telling Scarlet. She was probably telling her that she had implanted a virus. She was also a spy, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's probably what she was telling her. And that's what the reveal was at the end that he was he'd noticed that she'd put a virus in. He dealt with it. And and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. 
I have spotted something in here, and we are going to have to do it, because I quite like the jingle. That means it's Comic Ad Talk. Comic Talk. Oh, Comic Talk. Stop. Rewind, selector. It's Comic Talk, but not as you know it. I'm asking Chris questions. Let's hope he don't blow it. I found some ads in this comic I'm reading. Chris's brain is working overtime, I think. You hear it bleeding. NFL and NBA trading cards. He's digging up answers like bodies in graveyards, cereal, candy, and video games. His knowledge is good. Is it as good as he claims? Can he name the X-Men or even the Avengers? London answers like right hook might need some dentures. If you don't like this segment, you best take a walk, because it's Comic Ad Talk within Comic Talk. You've got a choice this week. You can either have... Basketball cards, FLIR basketball cards. Uh, I got pictures of one, two, three, four, five, six. They're quite tricky ones. Or you can have the uh, Marvel bullpen bulletins, uh, Marvel comics on sale this week. Oh, sugar plum fairies. Or do you want half and half? Just do both. Go for it. Go for it. All right. All right. So let's do the Marvel comics first on sale this week. Uh, in Marvel history then this is from the September issue September 1993 I'll give you the first letter and it's a C ooh I really want to say a C what cable no it is not a superhero title oh sorry did you say that no no I'm just telling you now no sorry it is Conan issue 273 it's payback time for Conan the Punisher hang on want you a librarian yeah I've got one here, which is a D. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil? Uh, nope, this is a mini-series way before this character got an ongoing series. Deadpool. Correct, Deadpool, issue three or four. The executive elite takes a meeting. I wonder how important that meeting was. Not I very, have got a... E. Eels up inside, yeah. I'm going to say... Yeah. Exiles? No, is that, that's probably later, no. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you're on the right lines... Keep them um, first two letters. Yeah. Uh, e X X think think maybe a team based in the UK. X X Excalibur. Excalibur issue seventy. Jamming with the Star Jammers. Ooh, we're jamming. I wanna jam it with you. We're jamming. I've got a M Magneto. No, this is a tough one. Um, it's it's themed for this particular episode, though. Oh, monster something. And uh, no, it is the name of a character who was part of the Midnight Suns group. The Midnight Suns were uh, Ghost Rider, Blade, um, some other guys. I can't think. And this guy, he is the Living Vampire. You know what his name is? Begins with M. Might not know. Mephisto. No, Morbius. Morbius, I did know that. Morbius 14, Martine, Desprea, and Werewolf by Night. Damn it. So I, I guess they're guest starring. And I've got one more, which is S, or SM. SM. Probably the world's most famous superhero. Oh, Superman. Okay, Spider-Man. 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 Spider-Man 39, Electro. I would say, I would say Superman is probably the world's most famous. No, incorrect. Spider-Man 39, <laughs> Electro goes on a shocking spree. I forgot we were in Marvel as well for a second. Okay, yeah. Uh, right, so now we're here. We've got Flair. This is Flair Cards 1993. It's NBA. So, 
Where do we start here? Um, I've got one card which says NBA Internationals. Vladi Divac. No, good shout, no. Manute Ball. Um, no, he played for the Indiana Pacers. Oh. He was... Oh, oh, oh. It's magic. No, um, what's it going to be? Um... Paces, paces, paces. Is it is it one of the Eastern European guys? He's German. Oh, um, a f- uh, uh. Well, I think he's German. Yeah, D- Detlef Schrempf. Detlef Schrempf, ding. He played uh, for the Sonics have... as well, didn't he? That's why I was. I, I thought of him yeah. and I thought, no, he's a Sonics guy, but I didn't realise he played for the Pacers. I've got a rookie sensation card. Uh, this is New York. I I Starks. don't rem- No, I don't remember this guy. So I. I can't really help you there. Rookie New York. No, First name begins with an H. Uh, no, don't, just, just tell me. Uh, it's Hubert Davis. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. No. Then here we have a All-Star, NBA All-Star. He was an All-Star for the East. He was a shooting guard. He won a NBA title, I think, in 91 or 90. Jordan. He, no, he uh, a, a rival team, a rival team to the the Bulls. So the Knicks. No, the Pistons. Yes. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. No, no shooting guard. Yeah, played um, with Isaiah. Uh, Dumas. Yes, Joe Dumas. Joe Dumas. Ding. <sighs> Man, I'm I'm got... stretching for my Pistons knowledge then. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So there's a special pack, a 12-card pack of just this guy, a 12-card set. He's, he's the star of this, this particular series. <laughs> he played in the West. He was a guard. He was, he was kind of a shooting guard, but he played a little bit of point guard as well. Reggie? Um, perennial no, All-Star. No, yeah, a perennial All-Star. He went to the finals, I want to say, and lost to the Bulls. Um, okay, so we he's talk, kind of are we talking the Sonics? Of, he's kind of, no, he's kind of balding, bit thin on top. Clyde um, Drexler, yes, Clyde <sighs> the Glide Drexler. Well done, sir. Whew. Okay, moving up the top here. You thought I'd struggle with this one, which I have. I, I got I got two. Well, I got two. One is gettable. I'll go with the non-gettable one first. Okay. Well, he might be gettable. He's listed as a guard slash forward. Played for the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Not Dominique. Not Dominique. His first name is also a girl's name. Tracy. Close. Stacy. Stacy yes. Augman. Stacy Augman. Well yeah. done, sir. I, my, my knowledge of, of female named male basketball <laughs> players is actually quite high. Tracy McGrady. Yeah, that's it. That's where it stops. Um, this guy is. He. Well, we've had him before. Not that that helps on a past episode because we've had a lot of guys. He is a point guard. He led the league in assists many seasons in a row. John Stockton. John Stockton. Boom. Done. That's it. We um, who wear short shorts. And I think that's the end of the comic talk anyway. Can I just say so, that's the, that was the best NBA one we've ever done. And that was the one you thought was going to be the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Probably all in my clue giving, I reckon. Well, it was. So let's what, have a, I can't just... just say random names, <laughs> can I, until I get them all, because no, that, would, that no. wouldn't make any sense. Uh, I'm just flicking floor, forward, flick, flicking, easy for me to say. Flicking forward, got it. Yeah, flicking forward to a, a future issue to see if there's any letters, postbox at a pit, about these issues you just read. Found one. I haven't read it, so I'm just going to read it out now for the first time. I don't know what it's going to say. Dear Grandmasters, I've got to hand it to you guys. G.I. Joe 141 was the best issue in a while. I really like the Night Creeper leader. He's cool, and I'd like to see more of him. 
I thought about Megatron turning on Cobra Commander was an important contribution to the issue. I always liked the Transformers as a kid, and I'm glad to see them return. I can't say the same for that goon mindbender, Ross Neatherton. Uh, 328 Lawsbrook Road, Concord, MA 01742. Dr. Goon Bender is what I'm going to call him from now on. And the reply is, let's hope Cobra Commander learned a valuable lesson in loyalty, Ross. Maybe he'll think twice next time before backstabbing someone. Anyway, Joes, that's all the room we have for this month, and we'll meet you in the pit next month. Cool. There you go. Cool. What is your yo-joage on this, sir? I would say it starts really strong. I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say it finishes poorly. I think it, I think it fi- finishes poorly art-wise, but uh, the story's nice. It's fun. It doesn't, you know, it's it's a it's what you want a kind of crossover Transformers and GI Joe to be. I think if the art matched all the way through going into the last few issues, imagine what those Transformers would have looked like. They'd have been amazing. Yeah. As it is, we get these very old-fashioned like block transformers that have very little personality to them we have some very poor like character art from the the human side of things very rushed you know there's one that again i've been put roadblock in there again there's one point where his face looks like it's been mushed and it looks really weird uh, other than that i would say i'd have to say it's got to be quite high for me i enjoyed it i'm gonna say i'm gonna say mid eight mid eight yep yep fine i think i'm gonna go with a high seven uh really enjoyed it uh even like you said even with the the few down points most notably the art i think it was the, the high art for pace me, it kills it during the battles with the ninja force because when the nin- night, night creepers turn up and the night creeper leader turns up my god that takes a lot away from that particular part of the story doesn't it because you need really dynamic really good really eye-catching art for those particular fights where we've seen in the past like you know andrew wildman doing a really good job and and, and Batista, who does an amazing job in the WWE and yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy, and now as a comic artist, yeah, exactly, multi-talented. I feel like <laughs> I feel like um, if we'd have had an art, uh, you know, like a not a rush job on that, it would have it would have been really high for me. Yep, yep, same. I'm going with a high seven uh, all round. Good stuff. So next week, I think we are doing. Let me consult my sheet of magic. I think it's one four three one four four one four five. So do your homework, get reading those issues so you know you, you know what we're talking about. And we're going to stay on G.I. Joe because it's time for some toy talk. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about Hi guys, I might have given this away massively earlier in the episode and yes, it is Zartan version 2 that I'm delving into the 1993 Ninja Force Master of Disguise Ninja Force! The Joes lose again, Scarlet! You're the one that just rolled Snake Eyes! It's the G.I. Joe Ninja Force with real ninja moves! Pierce Snake Eyes on the Ninja Lightning with Thunder Missiles and Zip Strip Speed! And now Joe and Cobra Ninja Raiders skin to and Red Ninja spring into action in their own fast attack vehicles with a ninja surprise. G.I. Joe Ninja Lightning and Ninja Figures sold separately. Ninja Raiders come with exclusive figures available in May. Oh, we need that goal to build our ultimate weapon. <laughs> and you have to say he's doing well in his disguise this time because it is really different. They went a different direction with this Zartan and I couldn't be happier with it. So they obviously they kept a lot of elements that were the biker gang influence for Zartan in this particular design and they threw in obviously a few neon colors to obviously match with the 90s era that the Joe, that Joe was going through at that time 
And also they kind of, the influence of the ninja force is in there with the weapons, with some elements in his his kind of clothing as well. So kind of just describing the character makes me laugh. So now he is, he has an orange mohawk. It's like this coral orange colour, which is just so beautiful. I love it. And the black eye makeup that he usually has. So his head, his whole head is exposed where we've known Zartan to have the hood up pretty much all the time, only showing the front part of his face. You don't really know what the, the, the makeup is doing on his eyes. And it's almost like they've they've pulled the, the hood off and this is what he actually looks like underneath. And, and the, again, they've gone with that coral orange eye makeup to replace the dark eye makeup he had before that kind of covers his cheeks and goes all the way down to his chin. And actually, the, the lines go all the way to the top of his head as well. It's a really cool design. I think it's beautiful. He has a black sleeveless motorcycle jacket on, which is brilliant, with this kind of like orange chain link type type effect on one side. Um, he has a an arm strap on, and one glove on his right on his right arm, and there's a reason for that. And nothing on the other's completely naked left arm. He's got bright green, neon green trousers with a purple belt. He's got on his left thigh two front-sided knife holsters that go horizontal, which is bonkers when you put the weapons in there. And he's got these uh, purple uh, shin guards and black boots. So he's... He's he's out there, you know? He's really out there. In terms of weapons, he comes with a lot of repainted, this orange coral Storm Shadow compound bow, which was seen in version 2 of Storm, the Storm Shadow figure. That is now coral orange and given to Zartan, and that's why he has that strap on his arm. Because obviously, as a, as a bowman, you want to be protecting your wrist. Uh, it should be on the interior, but it's on the exterior. doesn't matter. It's it's a cool design. Uh, he's got a, an orange sword. I forget who that came with initially. He's got Spearhead's machete, which is probably more suited to uh, Ninja Force Zartan. The sickle, which again, I can't remember who it came with. I'll remember after this. Two knives that slot into his thigh holsters and coral orange figure stand. The card art is so again the uh, is up there with some of the best card art I've ever seen produced for GI Joe. He is full of personality. He looks hideous, much like Road Pig looked like on his Sonic Fighters card art. That kind of they've really accentuated the kind of features, made him look really nasty and despicable. Zartan's got this kind of like he's got this vibe of the dude from Highlander, Kurgan. Nice to see you, Kurgan. Who cuts your hair? I am in disguise. From Highlander, the bad guy. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So he's got that kind of vibe about his face. He's quite a big build guy on the actual card art. But he's doing this jump where he's bringing his left knee up. He's he's using the compound bow. So he's in the compound bow thing. He's looking, you know, like at you, but also down the, the bow kind of thing. It's really, really cool and amazing. Now, one thing I have to mention on... You know, with the big Ninja Force logos as well, it's great. But one thing I have to mention is these these Ninja Force figures, and I have mentioned this in the past with the Night Creeper figure, and I think the Snake Eyes figure, they had limited articulation, 
based on a gimmick that they were introduced that were introduced into these figures. And Zartan has basically a similar limited articulation. His legs and his arms are cool, so at least he's got that movement. But around where the waist again meets the um, torso, the upper torso, the the body meets the waist, it's almost like a He-Man kind of spin. You remember the old kind of He-Man spins at the waist? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, this is called, I believe, the Moroto Chop. So it allows him to kind of, you know, do that spin kind of thing. Now... The other interesting thing as well, which, you know, I mentioned he's got the strap on his arm because he's got a bow. He's actually on the card art, you know, he's using the bow with his other hand. So the wrist protector is completely useless anyway. (laughs) So it's on on the wrong hand. But that's just a minor kind of jokey kind of detail I wanted to point out. But again, the card art's gorgeous. I will be posting these images so you'll get to see if you haven't already. And I know you have seen these already. You know, you're a G.I. Joe fan. It's only Chief that, for some reason, never (laughs) realised there were toys made of these things. No. um, Ever. I didn't didn't know that there was a toy of this Zartan figure until you told me there was about half an hour ago. Incredible. Although, I guess I should have known because... Nothing was probably going to make it into the comic unless it was a toy. Apart from Mediviper. Yeah. So there you go. I maybe yeah. So I thought maybe that was just Larry messing around. You're, 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 no, you're right to think that you know. May if you especially haven't got if you don't know, you're right to assume that that there there will be toys of them, or and you're just as right to assume there might not be toys of them. But in this case, we, there is one. Uh, not, so I said ninety three was the US release. We didn't get this in the UK. How sad is that? I only saw this on the back of a card in the US buying another Ninja Force character and wanted it so bad. Because obviously it's got Zartan written on it and he looks so different, but he looks awesome. And all of a sudden it just you're just kind of going, oh my God, there's a new version of Zartan, I need it. I f***ing need it. And this was the first version of Zartan since the first one in like 85 yeah. or whenever it was. 84, sorry. So, you know, we've gone nine years without an upgrade to Zartan at this, to this point. So, you know, and, and I suppose you could argue that, you you know, he, you could grab a Chuckles figure and that's Zartan. You could grab the Lady J figure and that's <laughs> Zartan. Uh, but in terms of real, real version of the character, we hadn't had one for that long. Now, I'll quickly read through the file card from the US, the only version I'm aware of. File name unknown. Birthplace unknown. Primary specialty. Master of Disguise. Motto. My personality changes as often as my looks and they're both bad. Uh, Zartan can alter his skin colour at will to blend in with his environment. He is a master of makeup and disguise, a ventriloquist, a linguist, he speaks over 20 languages and dialects, an acrobat contortionist, and a practitioner, a practitioner of numerous mystical martial arts. Little is known about his background, but captured Cobra documents revealed reports listing him to be as lethal as a two headed rattler disguised as a garter snake. You don't want to be wrapping that around your leg, dear. He changes appearances and personalities so often that even he can't keep track of them. And then obviously they have a key of all of his weapons and and things on him uh, that relate to a key on that card art as well, on the uh, file card art as well. Now, this particular version of Zartan, uh, there's a commercial for it, which obviously I've already played in the background. Uh, I say commercial for him, it's a commercial for the Ninja Force figures. And there's, I think, like, you know, there's a a pinup that they did of this version. Uh, with his old version kind of in the in the top in the background, which is quite cute as well. It was, and Randy Emberlin did that, sorry. Uh, so I'll, I'll send that up as well uh, to show you. But other than that, it didn't really get much love anywhere else. So you don't really get this in a lot of the media other than the comics. And I absolutely adore it. I think it's brilliant. 
And it was one of those, I wish I could have had it as a kid, but obviously I had to wait till I was a little bit older, you know, a lot older in actual fact, before I picked this up. But yeah, an absolute gem of a of a figure. And again, you know, this is one of those things where people are a bit split with G.I. Joe. They A lot of people prefer the kind of military realism, which, let's face it, hasn't been military real since f***ing 84 or whatever. But yeah. but whatever. You know, it, it, it's been it's been longer in this sci-fi, crazy, mystical era than it has in that, you know, initial few figures that, that had the kind of monochrome paint schemes and everything. You know, the... Joe, Joe has really kind of morphed into a very crazy designed, but also quite incredibly designed run of um, of action figures. But anyway, yeah. I love him. I don't care what you say. Zartan is awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I think he's grown on me like a like, like a, a mold. I don't know. Yes, yeah, like a mold. No, he's good. He's good. He's good. There'll be more toy talk next week, unless Chris sometimes somehow forgets all about the toys, which is unlikely. But that's good because it's educating me, the chief. And now we're going to talk about British colloquialisms, a.k.a. over-egging that hot pudding. We got a pudding, we're going to egg it. We got a pudding, we're going to over-egg it. We got a pudding, we got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialisms. Over-smegging the pudding. I have a kind of Halloween-y kind of one. Yes. Halloween, sometimes you will dress up. And you might go to a party, and in the UK, we would call that fancy dress. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Which I believe a fancy dress party, probably in the States, would be called a costume party, I'm guessing. Don't yeah, know. yeah. But fancy dress. Now, that sounds, oh, I'm going to get fancy. Oh, it's all fancy. I'm going to get dressed up real fancy. But um, I, it just means dressing up. In, in a costume rather than regular clothes. My one... <laughs> yep. I it's got, not Halloween-based. I, I kind of wanted to do it because it's it's Joe-based and it's Halloween-based, but I want to do oh. another one that isn't Halloween-based. I'm going to save that till next week. This one is... And again, this is probably used... This probably isn't just a British colloquialism. This is probably used throughout the world now, or it probably is at least known to the Americans quite and then is probably used very often. And that is blind as a battle android trooper. Mm. Or blind as a bat. I was just trying to be intelligent. But yeah, yeah blind I as a bat. I didn't get it for about five seconds. Obviously not able to see well, even though bl- uh, bats aren't blind and they're actually very... They, they use echo, so, echolocation, do they use? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, and yeah. even then, they're not actually blind. They're also not blind either. That's just a, you know... Preconception. Preconception, yeah. In, in any yeah. case... Uh, blind as a bat for, for the obvious reasons that it's bats, which are also Halloween related, and bats, which are also G.I. Joe related. You're welcome. Yes, well done, well done. Love it, as always. I think that's possibly one of my favourite segments. In fact, I like them all. And um, there'll be more of those. We already know Chris has got one lined up, up the chute, ready to uh, fire off next week. So I need to I need <laughs> to get, get myself hold of one. Up the flu chute. Yeah, up the flu chute. And um, there'll be more of that next week. But we do need to do something, which is... Chief Vespris, a question. <laughs> Chief Vespris, a question. <laughs> What'll he say? <laughs> What'll he do? <laughs> Chief Vespris, a spooky question. <laughs> so... There have been a fair few monsters just about roaming around outside my house. No, monsters in the movies. Now, of the classics, what would you say was your favourite and what would you say was the most scary? You know, I'm I'm looking at things like vampires, Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, Frankenstein's monster, 
Creature from the Black Lagoon, etc. That kind of well, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with, and this really relates to, you know, when you're kind of young and you see a film and it scares the living piss weasels out of you. I'm sure you've had piss weasels scared out of you. Oh, yeah, yeah piss weasels. Yeah, all the time. loads of piss weasels. Going to the doctors so, about that. Basically, <laughs> it is the mo- and this will give away the monster, obviously, because it's in the title, and that is an American werewolf in London. I remember watching oh, yeah, that movie as a kid and shitting myself. Where especially the transformation scene, which on, I still think stands up today as one of the scariest f-ing scenes I've ever seen in a film, and obviously with the fact that it's so I don't know violent, the the kind of like it's not you know you see a lot of these things that would be quick change like Michael Jackson in Thriller, you know like the way he kind of changed was was really was was cool, but it was it was a lot quicker. Obviously they had to get it done quick for the for the music video, what have you. Or even though they did that extended movie version of the of thriller, you know that that change isn't as grotesque, isn't as nasty. It is also one of the reasons I'm terrified uh, as well of werewolves because that right. that scene is amazing too. But the the one in American Werewolf in London where he transforms, it is just so visceral, so horrible, bones cracking. You hear the hair growing and the nails, come, and it's just amazing so i have to have to go with the werewolves on that one for me yeah that's fine that's a, a fair shout i'm just sending you now a picture in the chat this is a commission i had done i i used to get a, a three by three grid of kind of sketch card sized cool. images cool uh, on a theme and and this one i, I posted up on the twitter this is i did a uh, movie monsters so it's a movie monster holding up a uh, a police mugshot board, as if they're you know just gone to. It's to really jail cool. Or, I love it. And they're getting done over. So I get nine, you know, it's nine different artists. Each one picks a different movie monster. So I'll post that up because it's uh, Halloween related as well, which is uh, good. I've got I've got loads of these. So <laughs> that yeah, one looks like stuff. Old Snake, but uh, t- middle right to the to the right. Yeah, in the middle, he kind of has that Old Snake vibe, which was when Cobra Commander would dress up, uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. with the hat on and the shades and everything. But he would appear in like the Transformers cartoon and yep. he would appear in uh, I think he was he was in another cartoon that was really that's, um, impressive that's the invisible man by the way for yeah. those who can't see into air or you know whatever well you did say you're going to post it yeah I did say I'm going to post it yeah I am going to so yeah I also want to give a couple of shout outs uh, we had a couple of mails uh, Scott Romanowski sent us a mail thank you for your comments sir uh, and we had a real nice one from Sam Myers did you see that one really nice from yeah. Sam yeah in actual fact can you read it out you want me to read it out yeah the okay. whole thing in full because it's worth listening to again alright alright uh, now do it now uh, alright do it Please. do it now what are you waiting for Kill okay. me! Talking Joe team, I just want to communicate how much more entertaining the show has become as you learn to complement each other, find a mutually reinforcing groove, and apparently become the sort of friends who text each Aww. other for nostalgic, sator- sartorial advice. I've communicated in the past and my concern. Yeah, uh, uh, my concern about the direction of the show once Ben departed, but I can safely say that at this point, every new episode is the best episode you've done. Does in it, fact, can... um, whenever we stop recording, I always say to you, I think we smashed it there. That's our best one. Yeah, I, and I always say, no, it was shit. But yeah. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, there was a, that when he says there, I was worried about where it was going to go, like almost as if he knew who I was and was like, oh, this is, <laughs> is going to be shit. 
Like that's that's yeah. what I got from that that message. But I'm very happy that he doesn't think that, and uh, yeah. that's a lovely thing to say. And yeah, we, we've tried. We have. We've worked really hard on this. It doesn't. We joke about the kind of last minute stuff here and there and everywhere, but we have worked really hard on making sure this is a very good show, uh, a very enjoyable show. So it's really nice that we're having fun. So we hope you guys have fun listening to it too. Yeah, yeah. He goes on to mention that you know, obviously the Joe stuff is still still central. Uh, but all the other yeah. segments, you know, <laughs> all the other segments uh, have their have their place in it now. I think they've established, you know, their place in, in the overall podcast. And, Tell um, that to the Seddens. No, they love it. I'm they joking. They're, they're, I'm just... uh, actually, um, uh, Mark sent a load of questions for the Andrew Wildman interview, uh, which which we incorporated into the interview. So thanks for that, Mark. But um, yeah, that was a, a nice one. And uh, Sam even says at the end, set up a Patreon page and I'll contribute, which is uh, ever so kind. I don't know if there was anything more we could offer because obviously on Patreon normally, well, you've got a Patreon page on Full Force, haven't you? Yeah. And, you know, I guess the idea is you offer contributors you know, bonus content or uh, yeah. ad-free episodes or stuff like that. Or, But I, I'd, I'm not sure we're at that stage yet, but we could maybe one day. It, we could open it up so that it's just like, if you if you feel like contributing, you can, you know, this is like a dollar or a, a pound or something like that. That's, you know, something that we could easily do. But at the same time, I think, yeah, it'd be, it'd be better when we can actually, when we can crank something out like tons of extra content i mean we do just to give it an idea we do on the full force we do kind of outtake things from like episodes right. you know little kind of bonus material like that we do making of which i still i'm i'm in the process for the patrons that are listening at the moment i'm in the process of getting the last one done but it's taking me ages because i have to record actual editing which if you can imagine i always forget to do because i'm editing all the time and it takes up so much processing power that it slows my editing down so i'm gonna have yeah. to do it very intricately to kind of get some uh, recording done of that um but then we also do things like i give away music on the show so i make music for all of the um for the full force podcast and it's always like brand related so like mask we did a mask episode i did a ton of mask sampled beats same for transformers and and visionaries and so on and so forth so my worry is don't give this man any more work to do Yes, that good. Yeah, so, yeah, because you're I not going to be I got, doing the bonus no, I'm content. Not doing, so I'm going to give another shout out. I'm going to give another shout out, and that's to uh, my co-host, uh, Mister. What was it? Uh, Diagnostiki. Diagnostic in the hearty. Diagnostic in the hearty. Uh, yeah. Shout out to you, sir, because all I do is turn up once a week and just speak for like an hour 20 and then you have you know people forget you've actually got a day job and yet you're i'm doing jingles and you have to compose new stuff for that and you're editing this on top of all the other podcasts you edit and it always comes out sounding fantastic uh, and you're not getting paid for this it's in between your day job so uh tip of my hat to you sir big thank you for carrying the load Gross. carrying my carrying my carrying, load carrying your load on my back <laughs> got it yeah but i uh no thank you i appreciate that very much and uh at the same time you're what's known as the talent so well I'm so sure about that. i'm the workhorse you're the talent it's that's how it works man that's how it works and, and to be honest effort. like i i really enjoy doing it as well like oddly enough going back over these recordings i actually find very humorous even though <laughs> i'm having to cut like an absolute ninja sometimes um, but even then, you're only talking about like because the, one of the problems we have with this show is that Chief likes to, uh, Chief has to record at his end and then has to send me. Well, he doesn't have to send me because we're on the same TriCast thing. But he, then I would get his audio, even though I've recorded audio for him on this end. It's not as good as the audio at his end, if that makes sense. So 
I then have to put all of this stuff together. But I have to line it up sometimes. Even though they're the same things happening at the same time, <laughs> recording-wise, they don't always line up exactly. I can be like, you know, getting it right on point at one end, and you go all the way to the other end, and it's out of sync. And I'm like, how does this happen? Like, it just makes no sense to me. So I have to kind of like, you know, keep a keep an eye on a muted track that has the same audio waves as the one below it. So as you can imagine, it's a bit of a pain in the butthole. But still... I enjoy it. It's fun, and this show has been very. It's been a cool outlet. I feel like it's been like a uh, something fun to do on the. Uh, you know, that isn't what we do normally on the full force. We do comic yeah. burst, but in terms of the Marvel run and the way this show operates, this was a. It was a learning curve for me because it was like coming in and going right. How do I put my stamp on it? But at the same yeah. time, how do I keep the same people that have been enjoying this for a long period of time? you know still enjoying it because and there's a there's a lot of spontaneity here and me giving you short notice so it's not like you know i can imagine full force there's a bit more planning going on and a bit more structure and kind of programming notes whereas here it's kind of yep. fly by the seat of your pants a little bit <laughs> and again that's fun uh, i'm used to deadlines so that's not a problem but um it's yeah it's this um it's and it's a fun way to work because it gets it done quicker and it gets it done and Sometimes I'm up a bit late, but whatever. It's just part and parcel. It's great. I enjoy it. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad people I, I go. To, are I go to bed. It. I go to bed at like 10 p.m. and then when I wake up, there's some messages from Chris at like I don't know uh, 7 a.m. my time, which would be like 1 a.m. for you. And you're like, yeah, I'm just finishing off the edit. It's like 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, well, I've been in bed since like 10 p.m. So. <laughs> I'm living yeah. the life of luxury. You're right working here. on your talent, though. That you're working on your talent. <laughs> Sleeping on the talent, yeah. <laughs> but we've got many more episodes to come. We've got a handful left on this series, and I think possibly going to have some guest stars back for two of the remaining episodes of this run, hopefully. Yes. And then we'll be branching out into a, a special one-off kind of pod that we might also, you might also release as a YouTube episode, and then we'll be cranking into the comics that came after this marvel run so yeah uh, lots to look forward to in the world of talking joe and with that in mind if you want to hit us up uh, like the good folks scott and sam did you can catch us on talking joe comics at gmail.com you can find us at talking underscore joe on twitter talking joe comics on instagram or talking joe at gi joe podcast on facebook we had another uh, apologies i don't have your name to hand we had another couple of people join the facebook group this week or would be your last week because we're we're faking it it's not really halloween we're recording a week in advance the halloween episode shh don't tell anyone so thanks to everyone who's probably take this costume off then shouldn't i yeah (laughs) i thought you were just in your pants well that's my costume yes dr mindbender (laughs) right okay oh dear i don't want that image in my head too late but yeah reach out contact us uh go on apple itunes or whatever give us five stars say you love the show helps us boost us up the rankings and all that jazz all the wickings as I call them yes exactly uh, you can find me on Chiefy Two Shoes on Twitter where can the good people find you sir all your, all your fantastic work you can find me at dietknobsack80 or <laughs> uh, someone called me dietknobsack80 once and it's just stuck I think that's the nice. funniest nickname ever diagnostic80 on Instagram and Twitter or was it diagnostic in the hearty I'm, I'm yes. not changing it don't worry um, and obviously if you want to follow the Full Force podcast we are on facebook and twitter we're also on podbean itunes stitcher uh, youtube and of course we have a patreon page where we take in 
thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> a day just to uh, make amazing content like news bursts and comic bursts and disorder of battles and FSS battles and we, we don't even have a f- regular episode anymore because I put so much effort into the rest of it so don't worry the robotics episode will be coming soon guys I apologise uh, we just need to get it finished and edited so yeah there we go boom good stuff and with all that said and done we will catch you down the road mm, bye Chio. <laughs> <laughs>